You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you got a new smart speaker over the holidays, you can tell it to play podcast Locked On Pelicans for the latest episode. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day here in the Crescent City. Excited to be with you. We are going to preview that game coming up tonight as the Pelicans take on the Cleveland Cavaliers again. Just a couple days after beating them pretty badly and notching their first win in what's now a two-game winning streak. And they'll look to make it three games tonight. That would then put them at five out of their last seven in terms of wins as well. So this is where hopefully they go streaking. We'll preview that in the third segment. Before we get to all that, though... We're going to look at some big men in today's podcast, talk about Jaleel Okafor and the work he's doing on the court for the Pelicans right now. He was kind of key in the win uh, the other night, along with fellow Duke contingent. As Alvin Gentry put it, there is a big Kentucky contingent on the team. But the Duke contingent here is kind of doing good things. uh, Okafor and Frank Jackson will focus on Okafor in today's podcast. Then the other big man isn't on the Pelicans anymore, and that's DeMarcus Cousins. His return is announced, most likely. It's coming up really soon. The Pelicans do play the Warriors very soon. Is he going to be playing against his former team? I'll give you an update on his health, the target return date, and maybe what it means for the Warriors before we preview the game. So much to cover in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. All right, so Jaleel Okafor, you know, the the low-risk signing for the Pelicans, and he's officially going to guarantee for the season now. They can still cut him, but they owe him some more money alongside Tim Frazier and Kenrick Williams. I probably should have mentioned this the other day. You had to waive guys by the 7th in order for them to clear waivers before the guaranteed contract date of January 10th, but he's now safe so he should be on the team the rest of the year unless they just need to eat the money for a roster spot though there's other guys that they can do that Uh, but he had a pretty good game the other night for the Pelicans putting up nine points 10 in the one before that and after having some pretty insignificant minutes to start the year he's had his moments here and there but if you go back to his past nine games where he's averaged almost 15 minutes per game He's given you 7.8 points per game over that stretch, 14 rebounds. He's doing it on just five shots, so he's giving you basically almost eight points on five shots. Not too bad. He's got a field goal percentage of 57.4. Basically, you watch him play, and you're pretty happy. I mean, it's guys getting 15 minutes per game. This isn't a huge difference maker, but this is a pretty important role for the Pelicans, that backup big spot, because frankly, you need to limit the minutes of Anthony Davis somehow 
And when you've got him uh, soaking up some of those quality minutes, maybe you don't have to play Anthony Davis near 48 minutes per game like he's come close to doing. Remember we talked about those sensors and everything they do to kind of keep track of all their players and the body and everything. Sensors were going off when Alvin Gentry was talking about letting these guys get a bit of a rest and you didn't really see it. So this is kind of big and important that they can find some rest for Anthony Davis in games. Okafor playing 15 plus minutes. He played almost 23, a little over 23 and a half in the game against Memphis on Monday. That's a really big deal and something you've got to like to see. So that's why this role is important, not necessarily for the, the positive production he's providing, but the fact that he gives Anthony Davis a rest. And in this stretch of nine games, including one start, he had two games where he played under 10 minutes um, against Houston and Dallas, both at home. He totaled two total points in those, so that kind of skews the numbers as well and put his 7.8 points per game up higher than that. So I think there's potential for him to be a pretty key contributor to this Pelicans team. Even more so, you really had to like the athleticism you saw out of him, particularly against Memphis. He had um, the Euro step, which is rare to see a big man do, especially driving like that, though Anthony Davis had the sham God move, so maybe this is just a thing that New Orleans bigs do. But he also defended out on the perimeter pretty well. He moved laterally Good enough. I'm not going to say it's great. I'm not going to even say it's necessarily adequate, but you're kind of watching him and you're like, okay, he can defend on the perimeter exactly enough that the Pelicans need. The interior defense is good. It's nice to kind of have that bruisier big man that's not kind of Randall out there who can be a liability at times, but more of like a really true traditional five that can soak up a few of those minutes. It can also help you maybe uh, get Anthony Davis on some fours or be able to roam around and play kind of that style of ball on that side that he likes to. So this has been pretty big. He's uh, worked well with Anthony Davis out on the court so far. That's always kind of a big, scary thing when it comes to the big men here in New Orleans. So overall, you've got to really like what you've seen from him in this game and in in the season so far. And I think that's the reason why the Pelicans guaranteed him. Also, I wouldn't be shocked, though, if they do eat the money eventually, if a trade comes through or just something changes. Who knows? But we're not there yet. That's not really something we need to talk about at all. Also worth mentioning when it comes to moves and players on the team and things like that is that the Pelicans have waived two-way guard Andrew Harrison from the club. He was signed on December 5th, had appeared in six games, averaging 1.5 points and 1.2 assists in 6.3 minutes per game. I know a lot of people really liked him. He was signed on this two-way contract to basically be a 10-day player that they could hold for a while. He was never going to stay on this team for an extended period of time or actually be used as a developmental type of player. They just needed another body, some more guard depth as they dealt with that Alfred Payton injury. He gave them some minutes here and there when they needed him. They were okay, I guess. And that's all they used him for. And it was just they were going to pay him his two-way, and now they waived him, and it's kind of that simple um, and now that 10-day contracts have been signed or can be signed, you might expect to see them cycle through a couple of other guys, hoping that one of them's going to work out. So that's kind of the update on the roster moves for the Pelicans today.
So before we talk about DeMarcus Cousins, don't forget, I've got a call in line for you to give your take on the Pelicans for you to ask your questions. That number is 504-321-0448. Give it a call. You've heard me use some of these on the podcast so far. It's a great way to make this a little bit more interactive. Let me know what you want to hear. Just call 504-321-0448. All right, so an update on DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, he's coming back for the Warriors. It's been reported by Sham Sharania of The Athletic and Mark Stein of the um, New York Times that he's going to be making his debut for the Golden State Warriors this month. It sounds like right now, I think if all things go according to plan and who knows with an injury of this nature, that it's going to be January 8th against the Los Angeles Clippers in LA on a bit of an LA road trip. They play the Clippers on the 18th and then the Lakers on the 21st. If you're a Pelicans fan, I don't know if you should be happy or sad about this because the Pels are actually scheduled to play against the Golden State Warriors on the 16th. Could have had the revenge game, the return game there, which might have been kind of fun or more likely because it would have been very limited minutes and he wasn't going to do things. And so he might not kind of really go out there and win the game for the Warriors. The flip side is the Warriors are likely going to win that game and you maybe just don't want to lose to DeMarcus Cousins as simple as that. So that's the update on when he's going to come back. Who knows how they're going to kind of ease him in. It gives him about three months to kind of get healthy, get in game shape. And I'm sure he's going to be on a minutes restriction the entirety of the time, but allow them to kind of figure out what they want to do with him, how he fits in before they hit the playoffs, which is really where they want him and why he's so important to them. That said, I wonder how this is going to go. The first year here, DeMarcus Cousins, here being New Orleans, was on his best behavior before we started to see that maybe change a little bit last season. And then you kind of got the hints of maybe the Pelicans were okay if he left or stayed. They didn't really seem to care either way. And that goes for the players, basically, is what I had been told about that. If he stays, that's great. If he leaves, they thought they could win without him and, and move on just because they thought how well they played after the playoffs was capable of being carried over. Clearly, maybe not. Um, But hey, they're going to get healthy soon, so maybe we'll see. So I think that's kind of a a big part of this was, you know, he's usually good in the beginning, then rumbling start to kind of happen. So I don't know if he'll actually kind of hurt their chemistry or what's going on in their locker room, but they've had some turmoil there. You know, the the Pat McCall situation, which is maybe something we'll talk about another day, seems kind of odd, and you got to wonder if that rubs some of those players the wrong way after Iguodala kind of said he was the next big guy for this team, big guy being important. Uh, you've had Draymond Green and Kevin Durant kind of getting at each other where they suspended Draymond Green basically after he said things about or to Kevin Durant. There's just been more turmoil there than they have had in years past for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they think Kevin Durant is going to leave after this year. Who really knows? But this isn't kind of what we're used to seeing from Golden State. The only team that can beat them is themselves right now. And they've been doing that, to be honest. They actually have a um, losing record, I believe, against teams over 500 so far this year. 
I don't know how adding DeMarcus Cousins into that mix is really going to make things, but I guess you never know, and I guess we're going to find out. But you got to wonder if he's going to be on best behavior for his one and likely only year there, then they probably should be fine. But if he feels he's healthy, if he feels he wants to play, if he feels when he's out there he's not getting the ball enough, you've got to wonder how that's going to go or if he does some of the selfish play, which you have to figure you would get from him as this guy wants to earn a big money contract after this year. And that's going to require kind of a high usage rate if he's capable of that, how that's going to go with some of these Golden State guys, or do they just want him to kind of get the ball and do his thing and be happy for him? I don't know. A lot of questions there that we're going to start getting answers to very soon, starting on the 18th of this month. So before we touch on the Cavaliers game, don't forget the Locked On NBA podcast is here to keep you up to date on everything going on around the NBA Monday through Friday. And of course, I co-host the Wednesday edition, that's today, of it with John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. We have a lot of fun recapping the action from the night before. Uh, talking about the biggest stories in the NBA. We've got recurring amazing guests in there, including Ben Golliver of the Washington Post and Sam Amick of The Athletic. These guys are awesome and provide some of the best insight you can get anywhere going on with the going-ons all around the association. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So the Cavaliers are in town tonight. Not that that necessarily means anything because they have really worked the Pel- or the Pelicans worked them the other night on Saturday to the tune of a 35-point win. The Cavaliers also just lost last night to the Indiana Pacers. So they're on the second night of a back-to-back again, which they were on Saturday as well. Again, no no excuse to lose this game, barring like three of their best players of like Drew Holiday, Randall, and AD. I'll leave a minute into the game with an injury, hopefully not happening, I guess. Although now I feel like maybe I jinxed it. You can blame it on me if that fluke of a situation of all three of them, not just one, not two, but all three have to do it if you guys want to blame me. If they leave the game, then maybe this is an acceptable loss, but otherwise it is not at all. I'm not really expecting them to lose to this Cavaliers team either. The Cavs have lost nine straight now, and most of them are pretty bad blowouts. If you actually pull them up on basketball-reference.com and you can see the game results where it shows the green and the red and it kind of the longer the bar is the greater margin of victory if you look at their losses don't really have many close losses this year usually most of the bars here for them are kind of maxed out that's how bad some of these losses have been for including the one to the pelicans the other night so that's a good sign i think you're basically going to see a big performance we don't need to really dive deep into this one injury note that maybe we should pay attention to is rodney hood might be out they're shooting small forward and Kevin Love is de- Kevin Love's definitely out. Rodney Hood is maybe out. We're not really sure yet. He was ruled out and didn't play in the game last night. I don't know if they're holding him out and going to let him play on the second night of the back-to-back or if it was whatever reason or if he's just hurt and he's not playing right now. It's an Achilles injury on his left foot. So we'll see how that goes. Again, no excuse to lose to this team, by the way, who has the worst defense in the league and a bottom five offense in the league. Nothing they do that is kind of particularly scary, you know, other than they don't turn the ball over on offense. So you're not going to get your fast break points. So you need to get 
easy early offense in another way. But you've seen him be able to do that against teams that don't turn the ball over, like the Memphis Grizzlies. They still had a ton in the fast break, a ton of early offense by taking early shots in the shot clock. So we'll see how that goes in this one. But really, no excuse. Just win the game, make it three in a row, because that's a good thing to start doing. And you've got to get streaks like this if you want to get back into playoff contention or at least be in you know in the top eight which they should be so we'll see how it goes they should win and of course we'll be back to recap it tomorrow so that's going to do it for this edition of locked on pelicans thank you all for listening enjoy the game tonight as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and we'll be back with you all tomorrow 